This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here at Plains FM 96.9. My name is Mark and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First we'll talk a little about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guests to read the AA Preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. Thanks, Mark. AA Preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and to help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There is no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to, to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you're an alcoholic, you're at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it is an allergy of the body coupled with the obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having that first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand never enough. And yet, because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up that first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they have become sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at AMIT meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. The program has a proven track record of helping otherwise helpless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who has just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. We're just about to interview an AA member who's going to share their experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guest, would you like to introduce yourself and give us a sketch of who you are, age, and how long you've been sober? 
Thanks. Sure thing. I'm Gemma. I'm 41 and I've been sober for over seven years. Um, I'm a mother and I am currently not working. I'm in transition um, and we've just recently moved to New Zealand. So we're just transitioning back in. Great. Do you want to tell us about your childhood? Sure thing. Um, I now recognise through the gift of the program that I grew up in a house that was full of love and I was we were given lots of opportunities. I did grow up in a house with active addiction um, and when I probably, I'd say I was about 10, uh, one parent found AA and the other parent found Al-Anon and then I grew up in a house in fellowship. Great. Don't tell us um, about when you started drinking and what that did for you. Yeah, I think, you know, I grew up deep down south. Um, when I was about probably about 14, it didn't feel like it wasn't the right thing to do. Um, it was just curiosity, but I can say from the first time that I had a drink, I think I'd found the solution to all the problems. Um, and from then on, really enjoyed the drama of looking for a drink, getting a drink, having a drink, and all the things that happened after that. So how did, um, why did you drink and what did it do for you? Um, I wasn't a very well child. I was quite physically sick and when I drank, all of that disappeared. I felt like I fit in. I felt like I was the same as everybody else. I felt like I could talk to anybody else and be part of. And so what that shows me now is that when I wasn't drinking, I felt less than and not part of. Mm. Was there a pattern to your drinking, like socially or in isolation? Um, and did you ever feel it was a problem and try to stop? Yeah, many, many times throughout my history of drinking, I tried to stop. Um, I was a very social drinker. I knew, I felt like I had enough information in my head that drinking by yourself was something you weren't supposed to do. So I just created a lot of opportunities to be social and have alcohol be part of that. Um, and I also knew that alcohol didn't help me. So whenever I had a life event that needed it needed to happen, whether it was passing an exam, getting a job, whatever, I would stop drinking. Um, I knew that I needed to not have alcohol to be able to do the best that I could do. So I understand that I had some control over it, but I also, when I came into AA, learned that people that don't have a problem with alcohol don't need to just turn it on and off to be able to get by in life. Hmm. What made you realise you needed help? Like, have you lost employment? Uh, lost relationships, had trouble with the law? Um, so when I first came into AA, and it didn't, I didn't stick the first time I came in, um, I hadn't lost anything yet. And that was really taught to me by the people in the rooms. Um, I was, I think, what people call a high-bottom drunk, but I also didn't have much to lose in that I had no close relationships. I was a fiercely independent woman that used... I just used all my validation through my career and what I was doing. Um, but if you, on the outside, it looked fine. But on the inside, if you just scratch the surface, there really wasn't anything there. Um, I was just living to drink and um, drinking to live. And that I, that's what I needed to be social. And that's how I, what I needed to get out and do things. Um, I wasn't a daily drinker. I was definitely a binge drinker. And what brought me into AA was... 
I was having a really hard time with alcohol. It had probably been about two years of me stopping and starting, stopping and starting. The consequences of my drinking were getting worse and worse every time I drank. And so those periods of abstinence were getting stronger, but the irritability, restlessness and discontent were getting just out of control. Um, and it was a Christmas work do. And I promised myself, I got down on my knees, I was so afraid of drinking that I wouldn't drink. And within 15 minutes of being at that Christmas do, I had a drink in each hand. I'd hidden bottles around the party because heavens forbid it would run out. Um, and that night I lost 12 hours. Like there's, I was always a blackout drinker, but um, there's 12 hours of my life I'll never get back. Um, and for the first time that next day when I woke up, I was so afraid of what was happening and how it was happening. Um, I didn't make me get it to a meeting, but I knew that there was someone in my my workplace that didn't drink. So, of course, I looked at them with suspicion and I went to that person and just said, why don't you drink? And they took me to my first meeting. Wow. Can you um, describe um, how you got to AA and your first meeting? So, um, yeah, I went to that person afraid, ill. I was very, very physically ill and just, I guess, looking for a solution and knowing that this person, and I think the knowledge of growing up in a house full of AA and Al-Anons knew that people that didn't drink and spoke the way she spoke probably were connected to the program. Um, And so she took me to a meeting that night um, and Again, I was living overseas. There weren't many people that looked like or sounded like me. Um, it was a very big meeting for where I was living at the time. And I didn't hear anything that sounded like me. I didn't see anyone that looked like me. But I heard people talking about when they started drinking, they couldn't stop. And I really identified with that. And that um, when they weren't drinking, a lot of their thinking was about drinking. And now I really resonated with that. And how, what were the AA members like? How they treat you, and how did they make you feel? Um, I have, or I've never been to an AA meeting where I didn't feel welcome. I'm always amazed at how it can be a room of people that come from all over the world, every different aspect of life, and you just feel like you're with family, like someone talks and thinks the same you do. Um, so, yeah, I've always, once I got into the program and started working, the program was part of the program. Yeah, I've always really enjoyed going to meetings and listening to other people in the fellowship after the meeting. And, um, yeah, I mean, there can be bad meetings, but it's never it's never been a waste of time to sit down for an hour and listen to other alcoholics for me. Mm. Thank you. And how have you managed to stay sober? Like, what have you done to ensure your sobriety? Um, so I think for my first two years of sobriety, when I, once I finally started working the program and committed to coming to the meetings and got a sponsor, which took me a while, um, I was, you know, my sponsor had taught me at that time, you can't have one foot in and one foot out. You need to be fully in this program for it to work. And so I really look at that time with fond memories. I was going to nearly a meeting a day. I was working my program, working the steps. I was serv- I had a service commitment at two or three meetings. Um, and then most of the people I was hanging out with and socialising with were in the program as well. 
And so um, I think they call it being in the lifeboat. I was in that lifeboat. I was part of it. And as I have got the rewards of AA, which is a life beyond my wildest dreams, I've definitely lessened my commitment to AA. And there's a part of me that really misses that. Like I miss how good I felt when I was right in the middle of AA. Um, and so I'm always kind of chasing that now. Mm. Um, yeah. And have you had challenges within um, AA and how have you handled those and how important has service been to your recovery? Have I had challenges in AA? I think, yes, yeah, yeah, I have had, I've had, no, I've had challenges outside of AA that AA has been able to help me with. I've had challenges outside of AA that I've had to go to other sources for help with. Um, I don't think I've necessarily had challenges within AA um, perhaps strong differences of opinions when it came to service work and how we should go about it. Uh, and I love that this program teaches me principles of our personalities and that I can I work with that. Um, and service is, is always really important for me. And I think one of the main selfish reasons it's important, it gets me to a meeting. If I have a commitment at a meeting, I'll go to it. If I have a commitment or a service or... I'm on the hotline answering the phone. I'm talking to a drunk. You know, I'm getting a lot, probably a lot more out of that than other people, the person on the other end of the phone is, reminding me how bad it was for me at the end of my drinking. Do you want to talk to us um, about sponsorship and how that's been important to you? Sure thing. Uh, so one of the suggestions when you come to AA is that you get a sponsor and a sponsor that is just somebody that's been in AA a little bit longer than you and has worked the 12 steps and is willing to work with you. And um, I was really afraid of asking somebody to be my sponsor. That was, I mean, I'd have to be vulnerable and I'd have to ask for help. And those are two things that I don't enjoy doing. Um, and so I asked this woman who was my first sponsor and she loved AA. She loved everything about AA. She lives, she continues to live in the lifeboat of AA. And she just wrapped me up with open arms and worked that program with me. Um, we met every week. We read literature together. We did step work together. We ate a lot of sweet food together. Um, and she was involved in so many aspects of AA. She just kind of pulled and dragged me along. And in that way, I got that social life outside of the meetings that I needed. I didn't know how to be with people when I wasn't drinking. So it was very hard for me to be with the friends that I had before I came into AA. And so what I found was a way to be social and safe at the same time. Um, and she was there for me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I could ring her any time and she would answer. Most of the time what she told me to do, I didn't want to do because it was the right thing. Um, and I'm always looking for the easy way out. And she, you know, she held my hand. She she helped me work through and realise what I needed to do to be in love with somebody, to be a good mum, all of those things. So even though that's a little bit outside the realm of AA, she, she was there for me all through it. And I've now moved here and I really quickly got a new sponsor and we're starting that journey again. And it's exactly mm. the same. Um, she's there for me anytime I need her. Great. How would you describe yourself today in the life you have today? Um, as the AA book says, I do have a life beyond my wildest dreams. I always get a little emotional. Um, you know, I, 
I came into the program and I didn't believe I was worth anything that everybody else had. Um, and um, and now I have a husband and I have two kids and I'm living in a new in a country that I haven't lived in for 20 years. Um, and I'm more than what my job is. I'm more than what my husband does. I'm more than that. Like I, I have self-worth and I had none of that when I came in here. How's your life changed since becoming sober? Could be relationships, could be career, just you know, some of the external stuff. Um, I have to say, I actually uh, took my foot off the gas when I got into AA. I had to, I had a strong sponsor and she said, if you don't make this everything, you won't have anything. And so career-wise, it kind of lessened. Um, but again, as I just shared, you know, the promises of the program, uh, I I was able to get into a relationship that actually worked and wasn't based around alcohol. Um, and from there, we were able, we chose to get married. We've, we've been lucky to be blessed with two beautiful children. Um, and so right now, my life is in a massive transition. I'm not working. I had to become a stay-at-home mum. And so this program really helps me with that. I'm not the most patient person. Um, and I'm really, really enjoying it. And if you'd spoken to me six months ago, five months ago, this was the worst thing in the world, moving back to New Zealand. This was, this was, I couldn't think of anything worse. And now that I'm here three months in, it's absolutely the best thing we've ever done, I've ever done. You know, I, my limiting beliefs don't let me think that things can be good. And um, AA constantly shows me that things can be good. AA is described as a spiritual program, not a religious program. What does spirituality mean for you? Um, yeah, I didn't grow up religious. I didn't grow up in any organised religion at all. And I think I was actually seeking something, some connection to something bigger than myself. And AA has taught me that my higher power or my concept is just something bigger than me that knows more than me and trusts more than me and loves more than me and has far more patience than me. Um, and in my time in AA, I've been really spiritually fit or connected and definitely less than. Um, but I know that something bigger than me loves me unconditionally mm. and and that that helps me on the good days and the bad days. Um, yeah, I think... I love that in AA you get to have a, a God or a higher power of your own understanding. No one's dictating that. Um, it can be organised or not. It can be the mountain. It can be the meeting. It's anything. I love having that choice. Thank you. What would you suggest to any listeners who may have a drinking problem? I think if you think you have a drinking problem, you probably do. If you're thinking about your drinking... You know, I used to sit on my couch every Sunday and Google, am I an alcoholic? And as my drinking got worse, there was 10 or 12 questions. I could answer yes to more of those questions. Um, but I wasn't afraid yet and I hadn't had big consequences yet. Um, no, I, I love that AA is for everybody. You know, you, you can come in and you can be living on the streets and you can come in and you can be living a very comfortable life. But the way you feel around alcohol and the way that you think about alcohol, it's up to you. Um, I now know that my obsession with it was not healthy. The way I acted for it and with it and to get it again was not healthy. 
Um, but yet on the outside, it looked as if everything was fine. And where could someone go to get help um, if they need if they need it? Um, I know that in Christchurch, there's the AA phone number that they could ring to talk to somebody. I know that there's a heap of meetings in Christchurch that you can come to. You don't need to be invited. You don't need to sign up. You don't need to pay any money. You just come and you will be welcomed. And I also now know now and am really grateful for that Zoom and online meetings are accessible 24 hours around the world. Mm. Just have to type AA into Google and you'll find a meeting. Well, thank you. Thanks, Gemma. Thank you for coming in and sharing your story with us. Thanks, Mark. For our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings in the Canterbury area. It's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show runs Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. This brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember, if you want to drink, that is your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with a serenity prayer as we do at every AA meeting. God, God grant, grant me the serenity, serenity to, accept to accept the things, things I cannot change, change courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9. Thank you.